Good morning, friends. Today, the scripture reading is taken from selected verses in Hebrews. You can follow along in your bulletin, in the Bible, or on the screen. This is the word of the Lord. Now, if perfection had been attainable through the Levitical priesthood, for the people received the law under this priesthood, what further need would there have been to speak of another priest arising according to the order of Melchizedek? rather than the one according to the order of Aaron. For when there is a change in the priesthood, there is necessarily a change in the law as well. It is even more obvious when another priest arises resembling Melchizedek, one who has become a priest, not through a legal requirement concerning physical descent, but through the power of an indestructible life, for it is attested of him. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Accordingly, Jesus has become the guarantee of a better covenant. Consequently, he is able for all time to save those who approach God through him, since he always lives to make intercessions for them. For it was fitting that we should have such a high priest, holy, blameless, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens, Unlike the other high priests, he has no need to offer sacrifices day after day, first for his own sin and then for those of the people. This he did once for all when he offered himself. For the law appoints as high priests those who are subject to weakness, but the word of the oath, which came later than the law, appoints a son who has been made perfect forever. This is the word of the Lord. Awesome, friends. So this week, as I was reading this scripture, it got me thinking. It got me thinking about how in America, we are always looking for better things or better ways to do things, right? We want faster, smarter, easier. We have faster computers, better phones, more efficient cars, smaller personal personal devices, and vast improvements in communication. We are always, always, always looking for better ways to do things. And this is not a new idea or concept. Today is the 4th of July. Happy 4th of July, everyone. I hope everyone has a great day and is able to celebrate and stay safe. But even as I was thinking about 4th of July, it got me thinking about how in 1776, the members of the Continental Congress were trying to find better ways to govern and rule as they signed the Declaration of Independence. So this is not a new idea. We are always looking for better ways to do things. But today, it is my privilege to get to share some really, really good news. Actually, the best news that has ever happened. The good news is that God is the originator and the perfecter of the better way. This is what we're going to be looking at today as the author of Hebrew explains this in full detail. The author looks at how the priests of that time and the sacrifices that, we, that were being made were only a shadow of the heavenly things of which Christ and his death on the cross were the reality. So let me set the stage for you. So before Jesus came, the Levitical high priests had to enter the most holy places and had to offer sacrifices on behalf of themselves and the Israelites to pay for their sins. Then, when Jesus Christ came to earth, something better was revealed. 
He himself became our high priest by sacrificing his life and shedding his blood to atone for our sins. Now, when we accept his gift of forgiveness, we can rejoice that the penalty of our sin has been paid and our guilt removed. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. We thank you that you are good. I pray that your words are mine. Uh, Please open our eyes to see you and our hearts to receive your words for us today. Amen. So today we are going to be continuing our Revive Sermon Series. We are almost halfway through our series and we'll be picking up right where we left off last week as we read and explore Hebrews 7. Remembering that the author of Hebrews was writing to new Jewish Christians that were struggling. The writer shows these Jewish Christian believers that though they were faced with suffering and hardships, they were indeed following a better way and they should persevere and keep going. So it was written for people like us in times like these. This past year has been very hard for most. I know that personally, I've gone through some very big once in a lifetime milestones all through a global pandemic, which has times has really taken the joy out of these special moments. Like think about all the high school and college graduates, me personally being one that missed out on these special moments. I know that this is the same for so many of our kids and families and just about everyone. I know this year has been tiring and hard, but this news is the reason why we get to be revived and can persevere and can reemerge full of joy and hope. So today, as we read from selected verses in chapter seven, we are going to jump in. I'm gonna set the text from where we stopped last week. So in a very real way, this is kind of like part two of where we stopped last week. As Thomas dove into the life and the significance of this very important man named Melchizedek. Even though he's only mentioned in three verses in the book of Genesis, and it might seem just like a story of chance with Abraham, Melchizedek is a very significant figure in the way that he connects to the life and ministry of Jesus in the New Testament. Last week, we talked about how Melchizedek shows Abraham that suffering will not be the end of the story because of what Jesus has done. So God keeps his promises, and the promise of God is to say that suffering will not be the end of the story because God is a God that redeems and changes through the act of Jesus. Not that suffering and hardships won't happen because they will, but that is not the end of the story. Today, in the second half of Hebrews, which we just read, we're gonna be talking about why and how Melchizedek is significant and how he connects to the life and ministry of Jesus. So with this in mind, let's jump into our message. So this passage is the good news. This is why we get to talk about revival because death is not final. Death is not the end of the story. And even when we go through trials and everything around us seems to be crumbling, we can stand on this fact alone. Hebrews 7 breaks down for us what it means that Jesus is a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Here we see Melchizedek's and Christ's relationship to Melchizedek, how Melchizedek is a picture, a foreshadowing of Jesus. So why is this significant? We have to remember from last week that this Old Testament encounter 
with Melchizedek and Abraham shows us and teaches us about our need for Christ alone. That God keeps his promise and a better priesthood is here. So beginning in verse 11, we see the writer shows us that there's an insignificancy of the Levitical priesthood. So what this is saying is because humans are sinful, we're separated from God. So there's a flaw in the system. The priests represent Israel before God and offered sacrifices to atone for their sins. And their sacrifices might work for a little, but this gap from God is always going to come back day after day because of our sin. We are morally flawed. It was an imperfect priesthood and something better was needed. If this would have worked, that would have been the end of the story. No need for anything else, but that is not the case. We see a lot of problems with the priests and the systems that were established. A couple being humans are sinful and corrupt and humans die. So all throughout the Old Testament, we see this, these things played out. All throughout the history of the world, people love to God, change God's rules. We see countless times as big time figures in the Old Testament change and adapt God's rules to better fit their own needs. People say, hey, hey God, I don't really like what you're telling me. I think I'm gonna do it my way. Uh, God, that seems a little extreme. I think I'm gonna do what I wanna do. Um, so that is kind of our idea. And we've seen that all throughout the Old Testament. We are broken and sinful people that will always look to our own needs. We will always fall short of the glory of God and the wages of that sin are death. So because of these factors, it's hard to come up with a priest that can meet God's need for perfection, right? It's impossible. But the good news is that here in Hebrews, God is the originator and the perfecter of the better way, and that better way being Jesus. Jesus was the needed priest, the one who surpassed the temporary Levitical priesthood with an eternal one. When Jesus came as a priest from the order of Melchizedek, he says, okay, now the law has changed. Because the law in the Old Testament always had at its point to show us our inability and incapacity that we cannot keep the law. We cannot be perfect. It was to drive us to Christ. When Jesus comes as a priest after the order of Melchizedek, now there's a change in the law. The law is no longer do this or die. It's do this, that is believe and live. The hope depends on Christ, Christ the perfect high priest. Having lived that sinful life, having known everything about me, all my flaws, all my imperfections, all my sin, he knows everything, every sin I've committed and yet loves me with a perfect and everlasting love and offers salvation that depends completely on Christ, not on me. This hope overflows with the message of the Easter morning. That's a better hope because it depends on Christ. There's no other way, no earning your way to God or living a really good life and being a good person. No hoping, no quid pro quo, not by moral character, works of righteousness, commandment keeping, or even church going. Because it depends on him, it draws us near to God. So everything about the American way of life teaches us the simple truth of, in life, you get what you earn. 
The American dream. You get what you work for. You get what you pay for. This is the American way. Thinking about 4th of July, this idea of hyper-individualism is so built into American society. The problem is many people think that the same way you relate to your paycheck or to your possessions is the way you relate to God. But God does not relate to us on a basis of our goodness. He relates to us on a basis of his grace. Grace is the reason we get to be revived. The new covenant that the author of Hebrew is talking about is final, free, and here for us. We have a high priest that is holy, blameless, undefiled, separated from sinners, and exalted above the heavens. And he loves you so much that he would offer himself for us. For he died on the cross to take away the punishment that we deserve. And as we reemerge as a society, be reminded of this fact. Jesus' eternal priesthood introduces a better hope through which we approach God. Since he always lives to make intercessions for those who draw near to God through him. As the resurrected king, Jesus is currently reigning as the great high priest. Because Jesus will continue forever as a priest, he is able to deliver forever those who draw near to God through him. I want us to pay close attention to the complete and far-reaching nature of the word forever. Jesus is able to fully save all those who relate to God through him. And every season, at every age, in every glorious high and agonizing low, we can look to Jesus for mercy and find grace to help in times of need. Because Jesus forever reigns as the royal high priest who always lives to intercede for us. So be reminded of this grace and put your faith and trust in Jesus today, this week, this month, this year, and always. Now that we are reminded of this good news, what's next? In conclusion, we should live our lives in a way that shows others this grace. We have been given the ultimate gift, so we should respond accordingly and show ourselves and others grace. So, on a personal note, this last year I've gotten so out of many of my daily routines, like waking up early and getting out of bed, spending time in the Word, eating healthy, working out regularly, to name a few, right? And I've been trying to get back to where I was before. And I'm trying to build these healthy routines back into my life. And I'll be honest, some weeks are better than others. Some weeks I'm doing pretty good with my healthy routines. And then man, oh man, some weeks I miss the mark. And just have no motivation or drive. And it seems like it's never going to happen. And I'm sure there's probably instances in your own life where you can relate to where it seems like things that you were so easily able to do in the past are not coming back as easily as you would like. So in these moments, I want to encourage all of us to be reminded of the new covenant that we have with Jesus and show yourself grace. And lastly, I want us to be revived and show others grace. God has given us the ultimate gift, so we need to share it with others and show others grace and live differently. So I want to finish with a little story. So this last week was my sister's 16th birthday, so it was a very exciting week for the Plinicky family. My parents and two little sisters and Winston, our newest member of the family, the almost one-year-old COVID puppy that we got during quarantine, 
loaded up the car, and headed to Colorado. So they were on the way to Colorado to beat the Texas heat and get away and just enjoy each other's company, and I was able to take the week off and fly up to meet them on Monday afternoon. So we spent the week hiking and backpacking, shopping, exploring, enjoying each other's company, and just relaxing. It was such a great trip. It's just hard to beat Colorado in the summertime. But like all trips, it had to come to an end. So unfortunately, we had to come back to reality at the end of the week. So on Friday, I had to hop on a bus to take the two-hour shuttle ride back to the airport. The dilemma was there were two open spots. One of the shuttles would get me to the airport about five hours early. The other would get me to the airport about an hour early. So I decided to play it safe and get on the first shuttle. So I got on the shuttle fine, made it to the airport, got through security quickly, and was able to find my gate. Everything was going really, really smoothly. I was happy until I saw a seven-letter red word pop up next to my flight on the big screen. Delayed. There was a 45-minute delay. No biggie, right? 45 minutes delay isn't that long. But at the end of the day, as the day went on, these 45-minute delays kept piling up, one after another, after another, after another, until my five hours at the airport turned into almost 10 hours sitting at the airport. So at the end of the day, it was a little after 10 at night, and I had been sitting at the airport all day long. So I was getting irritated. I was tired and grumpy and cranky and exhausted and just wanted to be home after a long day of travel. And as I was sitting there, I was right next to the help desk, and there were so many people coming up to the desk frustrated. Everyone wanted answers, and there was really no answers, and I was one of these people. So trying to figure out what was going on with no clear answers, everyone was getting mad. But as I was sitting there, I noticed a young woman with a family sitting there pretty close next to me. She was calm, cool, and collected. She had two little kids, maybe five and seven, sitting there. And as you can imagine, they were not doing well. They were running around crazy. They were ready to be home. They were like the rest of us, tired and fussy and ready to be home. But this young mother was so patient with them, and I was blown away with the grace that she was showing her kids. She was so kind and loving when it would have been so easy to snap and yell at them. In that moment, I was reminded of God's grace. So maybe you have experienced something like that, or maybe not, but I can guarantee you that some point in the near future, you are going to have a situation that doesn't go your way. And in these moments, I want you to be reminded of Hebrews 7. Be reminded of the new covenant that we have because of Jesus. Be reminded of God's grace, and let us show that grace to others. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your Son, Jesus. Please help us be reminded of your grace daily and help us live out your call for our lives as we are made to be disciples, dear Lord. Today we especially pray for our country and we pray for safety for all the people celebrating, dear Lord. I pray for all the people that are less fortunate and I pray that we are able to be lights for you. I pray all these things in your name. Amen.